all of the things that happened to me 25 years ago when I was here were like beautiful things. So coming here yesterday was like really emotional for me because I mean, Preston Shannon, a lot of guys that I know here and stuff are not here anymore. And it was really, I mean, it was, it was heavy kind of yesterday. I can imagine. So you were here 19... To... Man, it's been like a long time. It's been at least 25 years. I mean... Yeah, okay. And um, just uh, uh, seeing all the stuff and, and uh, seeing all the people and see all the people that aren't here right now uh, was amazing to me because uh, I just... Um, it seems like minutes ago, really. That I was here, you know, but it's been like 25 years. And so, and was that the first time you were nominated? Is that correct? I've never been nominated. I but mean, it, I, I thought you were nominated for a WC Handy Award. No? But that was like, God, I mean, it was um, my first record, maybe 1986 or something. Right. And so, you know, just uh, yesterday was like, ah. Uh, and then seeing people that I love here too was like, uh, it was like really emotional yesterday. I'm just a mess. <laughs> So I'm talking to Chris Kane, who I had the privilege to see at the Pennsylvania Blues Festival a number of years ago, and I, I got a chance to do a little video with him, and I've asked him to come back and talk to me about his life in music. Um, when we last met, it was backstage after you had put on an incredible show, and we had a few minutes to talk about B.B. King and um, a little bit about your life, and I, I just kind of want to revisit that. Tell me how you first got into music. Well, I got into music because my father, who's a truck driver, and a beautiful person, um, had a guitar and he loved blues. Always, he was a blues person, really, and uh, he loved it so much. It was like he bought a guitar and um, an amplifier, and he tried to figure out how to play. And he figured out uh, like a little set of music that he would play on Sunday. He'd put his tie on, and he'd go in the garage, and he'd play like his little set you know and I mean now thinking about that as a grown up person I feel that it's like amazing that my dad could do that you know because he loved it that much he really he really loved blues music and uh, so did he play it by himself or with a record no just or? by himself and again and the first thing he ever showed me was uh, Baby Please Don't Go in the key of E and it was like a little arrangement that I I mean to this day I play it but it's like when I think about it now that he's not here it's like, uh, I think he was amazing to figure out a little set of music that he didn't really play music. I mean, he's like a truck driver, but, and on Sunday he put his thing on and he'd play his thing, right? And uh, the first thing he ever showed me was, uh, baby, please don't go in the key of E. And the same day, he was showing me how to tie my shoes. And uh, <laughs> I think the guitar went better, but... But he was beautiful. Was, I mean, you know, and, and the thing was, when I first came to Memphis, uh, I'd never been here before, and uh, I found out that I had family here that did musical things and stuff. Uh, Ethel Vinson was like, she did this thing called the Carnival Jubilee here in Memphis on Beale Street, and uh, I used to see these programs in his room, and I didn't know. And then one time, I, one of the first times I came to play in Memphis, I was playing at Huey's, and I was playing there, and these two little black ladies with little pillbox hats and little purses came, and it was my aunt. And she said, you know, I came to see you, and it was like I, I had no idea. And she was the one that put those Cotton Carnival Jubilees on. Wow. And they had a sign on Beale Street back before the Hard Rock and stuff was there, but it's not there now, but um, 
she came with a friend, and it was like the next day, I went to go visit her because I had never met her before, and uh, I got late to the um, the load-in, and the lady docked me three hundred dollars. I can't remember her name now, but but I would say it. But but um, but uh, it was just amazing because I didn't know I I even had family members here. My father kind of told me, but I was so little, and uh, so Memphis has this whole thing in my heart, right? I can imagine, and, and also the, the connection with. Became. Oh my God! You know, and, and it was amazing because, I mean, the first time I came here, uh, I went down to the street and um, I was just walking and I was looking because I was looking for the old Daisy because my dad lived right by the old Daisy. He lived on Beale Street for a while when he came from Louisiana, right? Really? And uh, so I was there looking for the Daisy, and uh, a man came running up to me with all these laminates on, and it was Cato Walker Jr. And he goes, "Are you Chris Kane?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes. I love, and he he loved this tune that I did, and he just walked off, and I was like, you know, because it was just like, <laughs> that was Kato Walker Jr., and it was like, you know, it was like an amazing thing. And then um, just that whole time that I came, that first time, I met all these nice people, and it was, uh, it was amazing. I mean, it was just like, it was like a dream or something, you know, because all the things I heard about were here that he told me about, and my father didn't fly. So he wouldn't come with me because I thought it would be great if you come with me. Right. But he he didn't, he didn't like to fly. Yeah. So, but uh, so the first times I ever came to Beale Street were like, um, I mean, they were really magical for me because all the things I heard about were here, and people that I I loved and respected were here, and some of them knew who I was. You know what I mean? It was like. That's pretty impressive for that. And that was the debut album, was it not? Yes. Wow. And, I, you know, I mean, I just, uh, it was like memories that are etched in my soul, really. And uh, then coming here yesterday, uh, man, I was very emotional. I was like, because I didn't even know about Preston Shannon passing away. And uh, he was like a person that I really loved here. And I told my girl, I said, we get there, we're going to meet Preston. He's gonna... And then I was in Holland doing some dates, and um, I saw his picture on the wall, and I said, hey, you know, and the guy told me he had passed away, and I was I was just shocked. So so when I got here yesterday, I was kind of a mess because there was just all this stuff. There was, like, memories, like mm -hmm. a lot of them, you know. And um, But, I I mean, it's all good stuff. I mean, I love those people. I, I... Tell me about... This nomination. So, obviously, and like it seems unbelievable to me that you haven't been back since 25 plus years ago. Oh, you know, and it's, it, and I had a gal here that I, that I was with, you know, and I mean, I thought, but I mean, and then years just went by, just years are whistling by right now. I mean, it's like, I don't know how it seems different, but when I was a kid, then now, but it just seems like they're just whistling by. And, um, a lot of people that I love, every time they've passed away or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so it just turned out that I haven't been here in 20 plus years, but I always wanted to come. I just, and I, I hadn't been, uh, there was a point where I wasn't really playing a lot and I hadn't been making any records or anything, so. Why was, why was that? Uh, I just think because I was on a label that was, um, it was a great label, but I made records with them, and then I wasn't on a label. And uh, um, 
Patrick Ford, Robin Ford's brother, had a label. And so about every seven years or something, he would say, you know, if you want to make a record, you can make one on, on my label, you know. So he kind of kept me in the loop, really. And I, I love him for that because he's just a beautiful guy. But uh, And then... Um, uh, but you, st you were still playing. Yeah, no, okay. I was playing, and I was playing locally and stuff. But I mean, I've never been playing like as much as I'm playing right now, and I, I don't. It's like beautiful. I mean, because uh, I love to play, and uh, it just the way it worked out was like I was playing mostly locally, and you know, I might play one week. I'd play like maybe on a Saturday, and then I wouldn't play for like three weeks, and then I'd play like maybe on a Thursday and a Friday or something, but. It was most like that, you know, and um, that's not what you wanted, though. Well, I loved it because anytime I get a chance to play, I I love to do that, really, and and uh, I just felt like, um, uh, you know, I was playing as much as I should be playing, really. I'm, you know, I mean, really, I didn't, I didn't expect to play more, and anytime I had a gig, I really felt happy about it, and uh, I love to play. So, but. Um, this last year has been like, um, it's been really magical for me because um, I haven't played a lot. And then making this record with Jimmy Pugh helped me make this record of stuff that wasn't going to be a record. It was like a thing that I made as a kind of a tribute to my father of the music that I think he loved like Muddy Waters and Guitar Slim and those kind of things. So I just made this little thing as kind of like a personal tribute to him at my house. It wasn't... And then those fellas came to be guests at my gig, and they came in and I was listening to that, and they go, hey, what is that? I go, it's this thing, you know what I mean? But uh, So then they talk, They said, come and record. So I came and recorded, and I recorded that stuff. And... Uh, the fact that everybody listened to it and that they liked it, and it's like a thing that was like a love letter to my papa, is like, it's like, for me, it's it's beautiful. And uh, I think uh, just because it was something that I think he would love uh, makes me happy that people liked it. And so now here I am at the awards and stuff. But I, you So know, tell me about finding that about being nominated. What was that like? Well, it was, it's really beautiful because every guy on there is like a guy that I really love, like uh, Michael Welch, Ronnie Earl, everybody. They're all people that I know and people that I think really play beautifully. And uh, so to be in that group of fellas was like, um, I mean, I was just hoping somebody would listen to that record, but I didn't, you know, I mean, this is not what I I ever thought would happen. And um, but, but these people you mentioned who, who you look up to and respect are the same people who respect and look up to you, right? I mean, that's, I remember, you know, one of the things that I remember from that Pennsylvania show was that you were sitting there with Ronnie and, he was asking me to show him something, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, he um, he's uh, always been so um, really. Uh, um, I mean, he always gave me a lot of confidence and uh, was always really sweet to me, always. And so I hadn't seen him that day in uh, 
years. And so when I heard, a fella came up and said, hey, Ronnie Earl just signed my guitar. And I went, Ronnie Earl's here? I mean, it was like, I was thrilled because I haven't seen him in so long. And uh, that day was, I mean, it was like beautiful because we talked. And it was like, I, and I haven't seen him or talked to him since that day. I mean, I talked to his, the lady that kind of does his thing on occasion, but... Um, if I remember correctly, though, and maybe you can correct me, but he he was sitting there backstage with you, and he said, show me that thing. And before he even said what that thing was, he said, oh, this thing. Like, you knew. Like, I don't understand. Do you remember that? Like, you, you had this, you did like a, an hour set, and you played a lot of notes. And when he said, oh, show me that thing, you immediately knew what he what was that? Like, what was it about? It was, it was just a little pattern, but, you know, and I, I always feel that he's very sweet to, like, ask me, like, what are those, like, it's amazing stuff, you know what I mean? But he plays amazing stuff. And so uh, I think part of that was just that he was being really sweet and dear. But uh, it was a neat moment. Like, it was a really neat moment to witness. Because it was, I mean, I was so emotional because uh, I was supposed to play the Poconos a couple of times, and um, those times it was like my thing was very chaotic, and it was like it turned out that like the times that we were supposed to play, we couldn't go because I didn't have a van to get there and all this stuff, and it was like, so I think Michael was like, this guy's, you know. So then I had another opportunity to go there and play, and uh, it was all beautiful because... Uh, all that stuff that was happening was I kind of had control of what I was doing. And, and so I got, you know, it was like, and it was beautiful. I mean, everything I heard about the Poconos mm-hmm. was true because it was a wonderful day for me. I mean, it was like, and it was very emotional because uh, I knew how many times I wanted to be there. And it was like, I thought, I'll never get to play this thing, but I know it's wonderful. And so when I got to play that day, everybody was so happy with what they were hearing and things. And uh, Ronnie was there, too. I saw him, you know, and he brought me a, t- a towel. He was just, you know, so it was like, um, it was it was a huge day, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so then when I see you and we do that thing after the whole set that we had played and how it went, you know, and then, then we're talking about B.B. King, and it was like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> it was special. I mean, for for those who don't I know, really, I, was, I got really emotional about it because it was just the way everything kind of unfolded that day. But that day is etched in my soul because it was like, uh, it was just a special, special day. And Ronnie, you know, being there and the whole thing was just, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was beautiful for me. So that thing being, I was working on a tribute to B.B. King, um... And you were kind enough. I believe my friend Enrico Crivellero said, yeah, yeah, "If you're gonna do anything about BB King, you gotta talk to Chris Kane." And 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 also told me. And Enrico, Enrico is one of my favorite guitar players. I love him too, man, because he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. And, and but Co- when he said he's one of the best guitarists out there, and I thought, well, if Enrico thinks this, then that's then it's worth it. So, and then you were kind enough to share your thoughts about BB King, which is pretty man, amazing. I, I was honored to even have a chance to say what I thought about it, you know? Thank you. Well, thank you. And and I believe it's still on your website, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Uh, how did you meet Enrico? Ah, uh, 
I met Enrico when I was playing in um, uh, uh, Hermosa Beach at uh, Cafe Boogaloo. And it was a little club that was really, uh, it was like a happy place. And uh, we started playing there, like we played there like semi-frequently. And it was big stuff to us, you know. And uh, one of the times we were playing there, Enrico was there in town. He like, was, because uh, there was at least three times that I played there that he came and he, he so he must have been in that area. But uh, the first time I met him, uh, he told me he was from Italy. And that right there, like, just, I mean, as soon as I hear a guy's from, like, another country or something, I'm on him like a tick because <laughs> cause I just think it's beautiful, you know what I mean? Because if I was in their country, I would, uh, I mean, it's it's worked out where, like, people that there, like, knew who I was or something happened, it was beautiful, you know? So I started talking to him and um, brought him up to play, and then he played his butt off. And he was just the sweetest guy in the world, right? And so... Um, that was the beginning of a wonderful, you know, lifelong thing. That anytime I see him or hear about him, I, I love him really a lot. And uh, so he just, uh, you know, the fact that he was a part of that is great because I love B.B. King a lot and I love Arinko a lot because he really, I mean, he's an incredible guitar player. And he plays with joy, which is mm -hmm. what I love. You know, he plays a lot of joy in his heart and... Uh, so I, I love him, man, I really do. I mean, all the guys you're talking about are people that I, I love a lot, you know what I mean? I, you know. Tell me about, when we when we met in, in Pennsylvania, you said, I don't get out to the East Coast much. Um, you, and then you also said that you haven't been to Memphis in many years. Ah. But I know that you've been to Europe. I mean, you seem to go to Europe quite a bit. Recently, and um, I think it's because... Um, this record that I made uh, on Jimmy's label and stuff uh, kind of put me back in the loop. I, I, you know, I mean, I didn't feel like I was out of it because I was always playing. But uh, I mean, I used to be here more and in places in the south and things more uh, places that I wanted to play. And um, then when I didn't have a vehicle, so I couldn't really drive across the states. I couldn't go, you know what I mean? So there was a long period of where I didn't really have a label or anything. I wasn't making any records, and I didn't have a, a vehicle to drive to places that I would love to play. And um, so there was like a long little thing where I was just playing kind of locally. And like, that was beautiful. But like keeping yourself busy. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I mean, I was teaching. I was, I was doing things that I, just to pay my rent, but... Uh, I always would play. I mean, I I can play in my room with like machines and stuff, and I'll be happy. You know what I mean? I I do that pretty much every day, and uh, I like to do that. I just love to play, but I love to play for people too. And uh, I felt like um, I really I found a thing that happened to me about ten years ago where I always played with my eyes closed and just I was playing for myself. Basically, and uh, I didn't really realize uh, that people were. I mean, I knew they were there, but I was just kind of like in a bubble of like just playing my guitar the way I would do it in my room. And um, so, and the focus being, you wanted to please yourself. You didn't care about the audience. Well, or? I did care, but I mean, I I just that's the way I've always approached it. It was just like I just was playing and 
feeling what I, but in about the last maybe 15 years, there was a time when I opened my eyes and I saw people's faces. And uh, I mean, it was like huge for me because I really didn't, uh, I, mean, I just wasn't thinking about that. I was just playing. And uh, I saw people's faces and they were smiling and they were like, and people were coming to me and telling me, thank you for bringing us this joy. And I mean, I was just like, um, I mean, it's like somebody hit me with a truck or something, because after that, I, I, you know what I mean? I never just went into the bubble again. I mean, now I look at, I look at people like, I mean, I just, I didn't realize that like it was but, bringing anybody joy but me, you know what I mean? Do, do you think the, the, um, the notes that you played were different because you opened your eyes and looked out? Like, has your playing technique changed that much? No, my playing has always been the same, but I just didn't realize that anybody but me was <laughs> really listening to it. Right. And uh, so that was a, that was like a huge thing for me because I don't think um, before that I was really even uh, crossed my mind that anybody was getting joy out of it but me, really. Really? I. <laughs> I mean, I just, I never, it never really occurred. I mean, you know, there's all these people playing. You play on the bill, you play your thing. And, uh, you know, I, but I mean, I always, my father, when I was a kid, told me, he goes, baby, if you don't feel it, don't do it. So I've always, you know, I, I, I've never been able to stand there and play. I mean, if I start playing, I go to, I don't know what, but, uh, and I just feel like, um, did your dad get to see you play a lot? He did. Yeah. Okay. And it was beautiful because when I was like 16, 17, I mean, I met everybody that I loved because of my papa. Because, you know, like a black gentleman in a suit, they would just think he was in the band. So he could just come and go <laughs> as he pleased. You know what I mean? Right. And and so, I mean, I got to meet Albert King. I got to meet people that I loved. You know what I mean? Because of him. Because you just... Yeah, come here, baby. I want you, you know, and going in, it'll be like Albert King and Freddie King standing there, like you know. What I mean, uh, and uh, tell me what you learned from those people. Uh well, I learned. I think that that was just what they. It was something that they gave their soul and their heart to. I mean, they they were in buses and stuff all the time. Never go home. They play their hearts out for people and uh, I just learned that uh, they were very incredible human beings I, I felt in my you know just mm -hmm. my little mind like uh, they were giants I mean they were just uh, a cut above anybody I'd ever known because they worked so hard I mean they worked really hard I mean they were always on the road, in their bus or whatever, you know? And it was like, uh, I just was, uh, I just thought they were just the greatest thing i had ever seen because they work like that to bring it. And like Albert King, when I, all the times I saw him as a kid, I mean, he would come in the front door. He wouldn't go in the back door. It wasn't in the dressing room. He'd come in the front door with like a sandwich from local sandwich shop, sit down at the bar and eat his sandwich. You know, and I thought, that's my guy right there because he's like the people's champion. You Maybe. know what I mean? He was just beautiful like that. And, uh, 
You know, I mean, B.B. King, in my eyes, was just like, uh, I mean, just, I, mean, he's, I mean, when we would go see him, and I saw him since I was a little little boy, and uh, I mean, the band looked great. He looked great. I mean, when the band came on before he came on, it was exciting. It was like, it's getting ready to happen. You know what I mean? It's going to be, you know, and uh, I mean, that I have to thank my father for all that stuff because he knew where B.B. King was playing long before there was internet or anything. And he knew every time he would come to California, he knew, uh, and he was there. I mean, he somehow he knew whatever it was, how they found out, but I mean, my dad was amazing like that. And uh, you know what I mean, just the fact that he took me to meet all these guys that I loved, you know what I mean, uh, was, I mean, it's, it's, I'll never forget any of those minutes because it was unbelievable. And my, my dad was just a, he was just a beautiful person. Uh, you know, he grew up in um, Alexandria, Louisiana, and then he, he lived on Beale Street, right by the old Daisy, you know? And, and so all the stuff he told me about Memphis for like all my life, when I finally was nominated for the thing and I, I came to an award show. And the thing was, we drove out here, my band and myself, and uh, when we started getting close to Tennessee and things, I think we were somewhere in like uh, West Memphis or something, and we saw Little Milton's bus broken down on the side of the road, and I mean we lost we lost our ship because it was like Little Milton. I mean we, you know what I mean? The whole the whole van full of guys were like, oh. I mean it was like huge. You know what I mean? It was just uh, I don't know, man. But it was I mean it was it was gigantic for us, and then we got to the Handy Awards and. Um, our table was right next to Little Milton and his table of like all his people, you know what I mean? And it was like, uh, I mean, that day is unbelievable. Uh, just my whole band, they were so happy and it was like, and we got to play that day uh, on the um, award show bill and we played tunes. And from that, the next morning after the award show, I, I was getting in the elevator and Robert Jr. Lockwood gets in the elevator and I'm like I mean like and he goes hey young man what's your background and I go um I'm from California and I you know he goes no but I mean your ethnic background I go well my mother's Greek and my dad's black he goes I knew that come with me and he took me into his into his room where his wife was watching arachnophobia <laughs> Like it was a comedy. She was laughing so hard. And he goes, this is a young man from last night. And and she goes, hello. And, and he gave me his CD, which I still have. I didn't even open it. I, And then we went to his car. And we talked for like two hours. Like it's sitting in his, uh, it was a um, station wagon. And we're just sitting there talking about music. And I just, I'm like thinking, uh, you know, this is like a dream or something. And so we stayed there talking, I swear, for about an hour and a half in his car. And then he had to go do something. So I walked down to like Beale Street and I was going down to BB King's and get a beer. And I said, Albert King right there. And he goes, hey. And we went and we talked and we talked for like about two hours. It was like a day of days. And I went and I called my father. I go, you, you're not gonna believe what I just did right now because it was like, it was like a dream or something, you know? But uh, that was like a day that, I mean, I'll never forget. It was, but that first Handy Awards, that 
I went to was like, um, it was, it was like surreal. I mean, because all the guys that we loved were all in this place. It was like, <laughs> it was just incredible, you know. And uh, and it just uh, it's something I'll never forget because, you know, I'm more of a fan than I am a player. Any day of the week, I love guys that play, and uh, that was just probably one of the great days in my life that I, w I will ever have. I mean, like Robert Jr. Lockwood, I'm just, I see him in the elevator and I'm thinking, I don't want to say anything. And he goes, hey, young man. <laughs> but I mean, it was just beautiful. And, so uh, tell me about that background. How does that influence who you are? Ah, uh, well, because I love the music because my papa loved it and, uh, I think um, there's just something in me that is drawn to any of that. I mean, even as a little child, I, I you know, I mean, I loved it. I mean, my, my father took me to see people when we were like this big, mm -hmm. and it was like I knew we were gonna get pancakes after and stuff. But I mean, we saw we saw everybody under the sun. I mean, it was like my father never missed. I mean, he was he is until the day he died. It was like a music lover. He loved. Uh, certain people, and in my house, uh, like Charles Brown, Otis Spann, uh, certain people, pianists that like they loved, and it was like I loved because they loved them. And um, I mean, the first time I ever got to back up Charles Brown with my band, my parents were so proud. I mean, you know, it's like, and the first time that Albert King ever came to where I lived, we opened up the show, and the, the man. So I'm hey, let this kid sit in. He goes, no. And I was like, man, I go, please don't get him mad because I love him. I don't want him to hate my guts and stuff because, you know, I don't care. I just want. So then we played our first set and we're playing it and I could smell the pipe. Like it's, he's right here. He's like standing right there. And he's like, and I'm playing, he's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he likes it, you know what I mean? So I ended up sitting in with him that night and my mother and father were there and he brought me up and uh, we played in, uh, I mean, he, he went after me. Like, he took the first solo, he played all the stuff. I was totally excited because I love him the crazy. So I turned up my thing, then I played. And he turned around, looked at me, and he goes, he's going to get dangerous up here now. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was, I was, I mean, I get goosebumps when I think about this, but then he took another solo. Then I turned my thing, I took another solo. And he goes, this is a nice young man. He goes, and he, and he, compared me to Stevie Ray Vaughan on the stage. My, my mother and father were there, you know what I mean? And it was like, uh, and I have it on tape, and it's like, uh, I wouldn't take a thousand million dollars for that. It's like, but it was like a great moment in my life because my mom and pop were there, and he said those things. And, uh, and then from that day on, every time I ever came to Memphis, he would come to my gigs. I mean, he would always come. And, uh, I mean, I just love him to crazy because I, mean, I just always did. But uh, after that moment in my little town, then when I would come to Memphis, I mean, every time I played here, wherever I played, he came. And he was like, I mean, he brought Otis Clay to my gig one time. You know what I mean? And uh, so those guys. Uh, what do you think you have that, you know, obviously these musicians who you respect so much um, appreciate? 
Man, I, I don't know. I Maybe because I love to play the guitar. I don't know why, because uh, guys in Memphis said, I've never seen him be like this with anybody. Because most little guitar players, you want to crush like an insect. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was really always, I mean, the day he came, one day he came, I came and played Memphis in May, and uh, we're playing by the river, and uh, we're playing, and you know, what are you doing, I think. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of this thing, everybody just started going wild, and I thought, what do we just, what, <laughs> what do we just play that made them do this, right? And I turn around and look at my bass player, and say, and Albert King was sitting on the twin that I was playing through with his pipe, and he's like, shh, Public, and I like I put my guitar and I went and hugged him and it was like that day was like I was like so special because he came and like he watched the set and then he goes Chris and I go I got a trailer I'll come like if you want some water or something and he went there and we were sharing it with Webb Wilder and his band so it was like two bands in the trailer he goes Chris I thought you had a trailer I go no this is our trailer we're like and he goes, Mom, and he goes, where's your manager at? And I go, there he is. And it was like Tom Gold, my manager, was like a sweetheart. And I go, there he is. And he goes, and then, now this young man, and if he had to do an interview or something, you know what I mean? I never had to do any interviews at that point in my life. But I was just, that was a day that, like, uh, I mean, I have pictures of it and stuff. And, you know, I mean, I haven't been here in, like, almost 30 years, almost. And uh, when I came down to Beale Street yesterday, I mean, it's like as soon as I got there, I saw things and I, man, I was like in tears. I just, because there was moments here that I've had with gentlemen that I really love, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, uh, and I haven't been here in that long. And um, so yesterday, well, I was kind of a mess. But uh, as I as I went through the day, I got happier, you know what I mean? It's just, it was like uh, Albert and, I mean, I went to his funeral and uh, I'm telling you right now, after like about, it took me about two and a half years before I could even listen to his stuff again because it was so, I mean, it was just like really hard for me to, that day was, it was a beautiful day, but it was like all these camera crews and stuff there at his funeral filming like the the drive to the funeral and the whole, you know what I'm thinking? You guys should have got here two years earlier, you could have had a better film. Cause it's like, you know, here's the procession and the whole. And it's like, I mean, you could have talked to him. It would have been wonderful, you know what I mean? But right. after he died, there's all these guys there filming this event. But I mean, he was really unbelievable person. I mean, you know, as me, as like a 17 year old kid, at the Fillmore backstage with my dad and Freddie King and Albert back there. And uh, Albert King was walking around, looking on the floor, and he found a match. And he went to the high E string and he put it under the, the fret there because it was like the string was laying down on the, and he folded it and he put it and then he tightened it up. And I was like thinking, I mean, because me as a kid, I'm thinking, oh, he's got guys that are like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And it was like he's looking, and he put a match in there, and I was like, I mean, I was dumbfounded by the whole thing, right? But, and then I said, uh, you know, can I play a guitar? He goes, no, I got it. I got it set the way I want it now, you know what I mean? He was like, I was a kid, I, you know, I didn't know, but uh, that was unbelievable. I mean, when you shake his hand, it was like sticking your hand into 
a beanbag chair or something. It was like, because he was just this huge person, right? And uh, that was unbelievable. My my father really is the reason that uh, I'm even doing this because anything that he loved, I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'd be playing in my room. He'd come and go, hey, dude. That's not like BB King right there. We're like, what? You know? Yeah. I just is, it, is it correct to assume that BB King? I know you did an album, like a tribute to BB King, but you played with all these other people. In your style, like if I was to ask you, who who is Chris Kane? What does he sound like, or what is he most influenced by? Is it simply BB King, or it's BB and Albert King? Definitely. I mean, just. But you but, also do jazz, and, and that was just an accident because. My brother came back from Vietnam and he had these records like in his stuff. And it was like West Montgomery, uh, George Shearing and the Montgomery Brothers, um, the West Montgomery Tequila album, a couple of things. And uh, so I would listen to those records like when I was getting stolen and stuff in my room. What? And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like great soundtrack music for that, right? So I, that's what I was doing. And then I became like, I, there was favorite tunes that I had. And then I started kind of learning some of the stuff. And um, it just kind of was like a thing that just took over. I mean, I, I really, it turned out I loved jazz, you know what I mean? I, certain jazz, you know what I mean? And it was like, um, uh, so that's how that whole thing crept in there. But Does that come easy to you? It wasn't easy. None of it was really easy, but I was just like... Uh, I mean, I was, I was really uh, kind of anal about it. I mean, I, you know, I was in my room all the time when everybody was learning how to drive. I don't know how to drive. Yeah, I didn't get. Uh, I, I just barely have I had like an ID and things. I just, uh, you know, what I mean, I was just a nut. I mean, I locked myself in my room with my records, and that's what I did. You know what I mean? And Which I is why you're so good. Well, I don't know, but it was like uh, that brought me. I mean, it was like a ton of joy. And the guitar, I mean, if, if I didn't have the guitar in my life, that piece of wood is why I'm sitting here talking to you because I wouldn't even have met any of the people or even been at these things to even, mm -hmm. but the guitar was like what kind of brought me to these things, you know what I mean? And uh, I love the guitar, I always have. I mean, since I was very young, and I'm in, I'm getting old now, but I think uh, the guitar is like uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's the reason that I got to meet all the people that I loved, and uh, and that I do love, and um, it's just uh, it's been great. It's like a coffee table book or something that it just got me into the the whole conversation somehow, you know. No. And also the time that you put into it and what you bring out of it but I swear the time was it just that was it whistled by too I didn't really even think about it, it was like come home from school have a bowl of cereal go in there put BB King records on and start doing my thing you know what I mean till mama said time to eat you know and uh, it just as a source of a lot of joy for me tell me tell me tonight I have to wrap this up but my last question is Tell me, when you walk into the hall tonight, what will you be thinking? Man, I mean, I would, it's going to be, I'm kind of emotional because 
Um, just the fact that my folks aren't here now and uh, people listen to that record and stuff. So can uh, you just give me the name of the record? It's just called Chris Kane. Oh, okay. It was like, you know, because Ray Charles' first record on Atlantic that I love so much, which is called Ray Charles. It's like that, you know. But, uh, yeah, and, um, tonight I will just be really thankful that, like, anybody even listened to that record. And then I got to come back to Memphis and see all the stuff that I love, because yesterday was really special, and it was just, you know, it's like I... I just felt like, um, wow, all, after all these years, come back, and there's still people here that I see that I know, and, you know, it's just, it was a lot of joy. But I mean, I mean, if the wind blows, I cry, so I'm just, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just surrender to it now. It's like menopause or something. Like that. <laughs> well, Chris, it's been a real honor, once again, to see you again. And, Uncle, thank and you for have... like, letting me even express any of this stuff. Wow. Well, it's my, my pleasure. So thank you for doing this. Thank you, sir.